Welcome to episode 57 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, and producer, Johnny Pham. Guys, first of all, how are you both doing on this fine night? It's almost Christmas season, almost playoff season, a lot of exciting things on, on the horizon these days. I personally have been severely impacted by the current supply chain crisis going on. Bought my roommate, whose birthday was in November, presents, and they still haven't shipped. So I'm very worried about Christmas shopping because I've also done none of that. So holidays not looking bright. I I, I panic ordered like four things. I was just telling John I were just talking about Christmas shopping while you were uh, busy destroying your office before office you came and, on stream and toilet for those. <laughs> <interesting>. um, <laughs> I was I was gonna leave it at office, but all right. But but yeah, I I panic ordered like four Christmas gifts today. I was like, I probably should get on some of these. So I I feel like it to an extent. But then, uh, to make matters worse, I play Johnny, and my playoff stake is at Hopes this week. So, <laughs> I want to. I, I want to hear about. I'm. I'm curious. Did you just order something, and it like was supposed to come in November, and it just came today, or it still isn't here? It still says pending on the ship. I ordered it October fifteenth. His birthday was November third. That's that's not great, Johnny. How are you tonight? I'm good. Uh, I would like to state that supply chain issue is not my fault. It is all Dalton's wrongdoing. Um, you can also Christmas shop by um, going going to stores, like physically. There are like malls where you're from. The issue with stores is they like have you has anyone tried to buy Christmas decorations this year? Yes, there. It um, is not there. all of us are as blessed to own a house. Okay. You don't have Weird to. You don't have to have a house. Flex. We we had Christmas stuff <laughs> up in our apartments too before we had our house. You'll have. I I've seen your living room. You have Christmas stuff in your living room. You have plenty of room. That's just subjectively false. Not all of us have lived in a living room for multiple years with literally zero things on the wall. That's <laughs> some I mean, of us have things in the, in, some in the of us room. also don't have a dining room that just has a couch in it. So there's also, there that. is a kitchen table in our dining room. That and is false. No couch in it. At one point there was just a couch there. We just bought, can we get on topic? Here? <laughs> so, oh yeah. You're going, so you're we've... going down this week in fantasy. I just want you to know that like history repeats itself. You just, for some reason can't beat me. Even if you have the better team, your team just erupts, blows up. Just, I'm sorry, but you're not winning this week. <laughs> and we have got a very fun playoff strategies show for you today. And I think we did something similar to this last year too. But for me, this this kind of show is inspired by, you know what I was inspired by? I was on TikTok the other day. And I saw a video from a fantasy account that I see quite a few videos from. And it was like, you could win your title if you bench these players in the playoffs. And it was just listing like actual, like really good players that just have tough matchups. Like, I'm not going to bench Austin Eckler, but I don't care what his matchup. He was on that list because he has the Chiefs. And I don't remember who else next two weeks. It's like uh, that, that there is no, no matchup in this world that's going to get me to bench Austin Eckler. Like Miles Sanders, maybe Josh Jacobs, probably not. Definitely not Austin Eckler. All three of those guys are on the list. This one, at least for me, this goes a lot deeper than that, as far as just like quality of player. And also, I I did want to talk a little bit of 
of playoff strategy. Dalton, let's say you are an eight and five, nine and four team. You've already clinched. You're in. You may even have already clinched a buy. So you have nothing to play for this week. How does your roster strategy change when it's it's clear you're in the playoffs and you can kind of gear up and, and get that roster ready? Like, what does it mean to you to get that roster ready for the playoffs? Well, the first thing I'm doing is I'm just looking at who I'm going to start, and I'm probably dropping as many of the players who are just fill-ins for handcuffs. So there are guys you roster who you're probably never really – like a Deshaun Jackson is an example. Mm-hmm. There's no real situation where he's any more valuable, and you're probably not starting him in your playoff matchups. I would drop him for a valuable handcuff pretty quickly, even somebody like Justin Jackson for the Chargers. I mean, in the event Eckler gets injured, he's a great handcuff to have. Samaje Pirine over in Cincinnati is another good example. You just want to grab as many handcuffs as you can because going into the playoffs, it's not about depth anymore. This is the last bye week we're going to have. Players, I mean, I think the Giants. Yeah, hopefully eight. hopefully your league uh, changed the, the playoffs. I was reading a funny thread on Reddit about that. It's like, oh, our league totally forgot to do that. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor and Jalen Waddle owners are like melting down right now in the first week of, of our playoffs. They have a bye week. Oh, yeah. So hopefully your league also <laughs> so hopefully you don't have that for situation. The, the extra game the NFL added because that would be completely miserable. Uh, Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts also not playing. Yes. But, but yeah, I'm with you. So I do have some like streamable receivers that I want to at least mention today. But for the most part, I'm getting those fill in the gaps guys off my roster. Obviously, the exception is if your team, which it's very possible, like this is my team in, in my di- in our dynasty league, but there's probably normal leagues too where people are facing just an ungodly amount of injuries, right? There's been so many this year, the key guys. Unless yeah. you have those types of injuries, I'm not looking too hard at like the streamer uh, type of wide receiver, the fill-ins. Like a guy, I'm looking at his name right now, like, like a Cedric Wilson. Like Cedric Wilson doesn't really have any use on your roster unless you have like Amari Cooper or CD lamb. Like I'm more likely to pick up a receiver. Like I never have receiver backups in in a normal league. I'm more likely to do that and drop like a standalone backup receiver. And I'm definitely looking at running backs that, that could be out there that, you know, if, if an injury goes a certain way, like you've all of a sudden got a guy you can start at running back. Cause at, at this point, like you said, depth, not a factor. And, Outside of depth, like you, you aren't like trying to collect the best roster to like trade or just have like the best however many players. Like you just want to build the best weekly lineup you can. And for me personally, and this is where I wanted to start, that a lot of times starts with looking ahead at defenses and looking at Matt. Like if your league still has defense, um, defensive position, then I'm looking ahead at defense. I am at no point during the normal season rostering more than one defense. And I'm usually cycling in and out. I've got no problem rostering two defenses as you head into the playoffs. And quite honestly, like if you are in a situation where you can't get like a home run multi-week start, if you want to roster three and you have that flexibility, like that can be done too. The first one that I wanted to bring up, is probably an obvious one. Oh, we actually have a question. Oh, <laughs> Mary, never mind. That's a trill. Good one. Chiefs defense. 
Dalton, are we ready to trust the Chiefs defense for all three weeks of the playoffs, which the first is including the Chargers, and then the next two after that, Steelers and Bengals? Uh, Me personally, no. Uh, And the reason for that, the defense has been pretty good. The game I would probably start them More more than pretty good. Yeah, they've been pretty close to elite the, the last couple of weeks. I would likely start them against the Steelers. I would not start them against the Chargers or the Bengals. Um, the Chargers game, they're going on a short week on a travel. So those are always just a little sticky. And the, the, the Chargers game is the one for me that I'm avoiding if I can. I'm not like super terrified of starting them against the Bengals, though, because I, I think Joe Burrow is pretty ripe for the picking as far as like sacking the quarterback goes. They 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 get in those situations a lot, and he definitely is not immune to some interceptions too and i think the defense is playing well enough that i trust him against just about anybody except on a short week and the first week of your playoffs that does make me a little nervous against the chargers well and my concern with them isn't necessarily how the defense is playing it's that the the way the offense plays there's always a good shot that the chiefs games get out of hand early and that you're just going to start being one of those teams that you're getting garbage put up on you pretty frequently and so, you know, you could be at a 10-point advantage at half and the Chiefs are up 24-0. But that really, ha- that really hasn't happened, like, at all with this team. I agree, but that, that's just a high potential for this offense. It's one of the few offenses in the league. Like, last week against the Denver Broncos, there was a lot of lost opportunity on that Chiefs team, and they still were, were up pretty comfortably the entire time. They haven't allowed more than 20 points since the Titans game. That was October 24th. Since that game... Uh, they've scored seven or more fantasy points each week. I, I know, like, Giants, not the best. Uh, obviously, the Packers with no Rodgers, like, you expect a good performance. Like, but the Cowboys, like, that's a good offense. I know they only had – they had no Cooper and had Lamb for a half, but they weren't doing a darn thing with Lamb in the first half either. So that didn't really change things too much. They pressure the quarterback. Their defensive line has been playing well. And, and they've been forcing turnovers, which is something they hadn't done. So I I think I'm more willing to trust them in, in the last two than you are, it sounds like. Yeah, I just think there are teams that have some some better matchups that I'm willing to to bet on than, than the Chiefs. Because the Chiefs they, just play they've scored, they've scored 17 points back-to-back weeks. I know, but they play some good offenses. And th- th- that's what worries me is that those games can just turn into shootouts really quickly. And it's still Kansas City. And I always have a little bit of a, a distaste for trusting that defense. <laughs> Well, if you don't trust them all three weeks, you can at least, I would say, very safely trust them against the Steelers in week 16. So if you can hold them for a week and then you can drop them after that and pick up a new defense or, or do whatever, they're a very good semifinal play, I think at least we can say. Yes, I think the Steelers matchup is a very good one. It's a good pass rush against a less than great offensive line and a game that a team that predicates their offense on the run game which the Chiefs have been pretty good at stopping the last few weeks. Just throwing this out there, I think all three matchups are against less than great offensive lines. Now, I know Herbert is more, way more mobile, and then Burrow obviously more mobile too, but the offensive lines are, are not exactly great on any of those teams right now. Another defense I want to throw out, Dalton, unless you have one that, that you wanted to talk about. So the first one I got, and I mean, we're just 
we're we're streaming hard here because I feel like there's a good chance the Chiefs might be owned in a couple of leagues considering how they've been it, playing. It's possible, but like I I do think it's possible they get dropped ahead of that Thursday night game because people may not trust them. And that is possible. Um, and the first one I'm going with, and I think this one's probably available because they're on bye this week. Uh, Miami, their defense. They're has on my list too. There we go. I mean, they've been hot, very hot lately, and. If you remember last year, they were really good at creating turnovers, and that's what they're doing again this season. Over the last four weeks, they're fourth in the NFL in turnover margin, and they get the Jets your first week of the playoffs. Big game. Then they get the the Saints. Um, Whoever the Saints start, Taysom Hill has a weird finger that's broken, and Trevor Simeon. They they, they still expect him to start or like are hoping he can start is what I've seen. I know Sean Payton's always hoping he can. Start. Yeah, and then they end with Tennessee, who is just so bereft of offensive playmakers right now that you really have a good shot at having a team that has three good outings. And I like targeting teams that are in the midst of a playoff run because they're just playing for something a little more. Uh, these other two teams I have on this list aren't in the same you know, situation, but the Dolphins is probably my number one pickup if I'm looking for a streaming defense, and they're a starting set for me going forward. The, the Dolphins for me... I'm a little more wary of trusting them all three weeks uh, of the playoffs. Cause like the Titans, I, I just don't know like what just like health wise, what they're going to look like by the time they play. And then the pa- the Patriots, we, who, who was their week 17 matchup? The Dolphins. Yeah. Tennessee. So who's week 16 then? New Orleans. And then New Jets. Orleans. And that, that's the one I know. But, and, but the Jets, like that is your matchup winner in week one of the playoffs is to get them against the Jets because just think about how Miami plays think about that game against Baltimore on Thursday night what what did they do they put all 11 guys on the line of scrimmage quite frequently which is kind of secretly what a lot of teams are doing to Lamar all of a sudden is blitzing the crap out of him they are going to do that and blitz the crap out of Zach Wilson and confuse him and force turnovers and that Feels like obviously a very safe floor because it has been almost every game against Zach Wilson and the Jets this year. And you've got the ceiling for for a house call. Like if if Xavier Howard gets his hands on, on a pick or if they have a strip sack. Like I, I just think that's a layup in week one of the playoffs. Yeah, me too. And I mean that that's probably like a, a weak winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the way the NFL's gone, that's probably a weak loser at this point. And the Jets put up <laughs> 42 points on the Dolphins or something. So my my third. I don't have a ton of thoughts on this, but this is the defense I actually, if you're looking for a defense for the entire playoffs, you're like, I just want to find a defense that's going to get me through all three weeks. I don't like, I don't have the flexibility to do all of these different things with adding, dropping, you know, for whatever reason. I think the 49ers are, are a lock in start defense these next three weeks. They've got the Falcons, or I said the three weeks of the playoffs. They've got the Falcons, which I am 0% scared of, of Matt Ryan and the Falcons. They have the Titans, which I know I said, you know, you don't really quite know what you're going to get health-wise out of the Titans. That's the only one that makes me feel a little uneasy, but the Niners have a good enough defense that I at least feel confident you're going to be fine in, in that matchup. And then they have the Texans in championship week, which – you feel pretty great about like that defensive line feel is, is playing great. Like linebackers playing well, just need enough in, in the secondary. Yeah. If you can, if you can make it to that championship week and you get the Texans as the offense, your defense is facing, you're sitting pretty good. 
Yeah, and um, for that matter, I have Jimmy Garoppolo later for this podcast as a potential streamer. Um, in the same vein, this team, I really didn't want to put them down, but I think this is actually a good streaming option for those who are who are struggling. The Jacksonville Jaguars. So, so you're gonna the, so the Jaguars defense, okay? Yes. That this week they play Tennessee, so it's like, well, you know, you probably don't want that. But next week they get Houston. And Houston, it looks like Tyrod might not play the rest of the season. That's true, but I was going to say, can, can I remind you, last time they played in week one, that did not go so well for Jacksonville. Absolutely, but it's not Tyrod. And I think in week one, he had like three or four deep bombs that just connected with Brandon Cooks he that did, really moved sure. that offense. Uh, so you get Houston, then you get the Jets. So again, we just talked about Zach Wilson. It's another met lineup matchup that works well for them. And then your finals, you're going to need to find a new team because they play New England, and you do not want to be a part of that matchup. So that's pretty favorable. And if I'm picking up the Jaguars, I'm connecting that by picking up the Seahawks because this week they play. Houston. I consider the Seahawks. I'm, I'm a little afraid. I know Jamal Adams hasn't been like all world, like difference maker. You'd think I was a little afraid without him being around though. Well, and my plan would be to pick up the Seahawks and the Jags and start the Seahawks this week and the last week, because this week they play Houston. And then in, in your finals, they play Detroit. So they're two very manageable games where you're not worried about them being liability. And if you need them for week 17 as well, they play Chicago. So you have a good bevy of matchups there where it's low. Yeah, and, and speaking of the Seahawks, like Russell Wilson, he's not a streamer, but like if you have him, you can probably feel like pretty okay with his playoff schedule. Like he played, he should have had more points than he had last week. Uh, uh, thank you, Gerald Everett, for, for all you accomplished in that regard. So he looks better. The schedule looks great for Seattle down the stretch. Yeah, it does. Uh, so glad for them just to disappoint us anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah those are the other two i had the saints are another one i was looking at but i ended up not putting them on because they get tampa bay next week mm-hmm. and they're probably picked up because they play the jets this week yep i agree so on to receiver here the first one there's a little bit of a deep cut and how i know it's a deep cut is i lost a bidding war for this guy in our dynasty league and if he's out there in our dynasty league he, he's a deep cut and that's laquan Tread- treadwell if you're desperate, if you're very desperate, like he's been okay the last couple of weeks. I like I can't believe I'm uttering this sentence out loud, but since Jamal Agnew went down, Trebwell has been at about a 21% target share the last couple of weeks. That that's ahead of Chenault, that's ahead of Marvin Jones, that's ahead of anybody else on that offense. Like he's been operating as their one. Now, what does that give you? Not a lot of upside, but at least the last couple of weeks, he's been four catches. He's been 50-plus yards. He's probably going to catch a touchdown at some point. Again, this is like if you're desperate. And for the same reasons you mentioned the defense, as a possibility for the Jaguars, that's part of why I mentioned Treadwell as a possibility. He's got the Texans, Jets, and Patriots, which you don't feel great about. The next three weeks, the Patriots you don't feel great about, to be clear. The other two, you feel great. And, and then the championship week is the Colts, where it's like kind of, kind of indifferent, like not terrible, not not a great matchup by any means. But if you're desperate at receiver, like I could totally see at least rostering Treadwell and seeing if he can do it again. And then maybe if you're in a pinch, you he could be like a dart throw flex. Yeah, that's disgusting. It's but, very disgusting. It's very, very, very disgusting. But it makes sense. And he's definitely somebody who 
was getting targets for the same reason I have James O'Shaughnessy as a tight end potential. Um, <laughs> because since Dan Arnold gone down, Dan Arnold was leading the team in target share the last four weeks, mm-hmm. and then he went down, and now James O'Shaughnessy led the team in targets last week. Uh, he went two for six for 13 yards, so not great. Um, but again, it's a position where they have favorable matchups, and I mean. This Jacksonville offense is just pretty inept at everything. Urban Meyer pulled James Robinson for the entire game and then put him in the last minute, but said it was an injury concern. So it's it's really tough to get on anybody, but if you're you're gonna flex, I I don't hate the Laquan Treadwell, especially if you're dealing with the bevy of injuries that we've seen. Hey, he's wide receiver 37 in the last two weeks. Very small sample size, but if he could just do that, like he's at least worthy of of consideration in in certain situations for sure. I have a question for you. I was looking at the last two weeks. Do you know who Ashton Doolin is? Like if 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 I told you that name, would you have any idea who this man is? No. He is apparently a player on the Colts who is wide receiver 25 over the last two weeks. Did he just have a game where he scored four touchdowns or I'm something? I'm about to look up his game log because he when I click on him on fantasy pros. He is 0% owned in every single league. <laughs> oh, he had a 62-yard touchdown against the Bucks. That would explain it. But that I, explains it. I was scrolling trying to find Trebwell. When I saw that name, I was like, all right, who in the world is this man? He went and then he had Malone. a one-yard touchdown against Houston. He went to Malone University, another thing I've never heard of. Okay. I just thought, just thought I would check and make sure I wasn't crazy. Yes. No, never heard of him. Do not pick him up. That is not advisable. Uh, In the same sense, I did not go as deep as you did with my wide receiver choice, Mm -hmm. but I looked it up because I was interested. Um, This player is only owned in 62% of CBS leagues, and he's he's a top 12 wide receiver the last three weeks. And I'm going to say the name. You're going to be like, I don't want to own him, but it's Hunter Renfro. And Hunter Renfro had zero 100-yard receiving games in college and has had two this season alone. With Darren Waller being out, he's really become the safety blanket for Derek Carr. And when Waller is back, do you still feel uh, as confident in that? Because he's presumably going to be back for the playoffs, right? Yeah, like I said, even with Waller there, uh, Renfro was a top 12 wide receiver mm-hmm. two weeks into that. Um, and he has some pretty favorable matchups. This week against Kansas City, which I think is no longer a favorable matchup, but then he gets Cleveland, which is bottom half of the league in wide receiver points allowed. Then he gets Denver, who's 24th in the league in wide receiver points allowed. And then he gets the Colts, who've allowed a wide receiver one game to everybody but two opponents this year. So he gets a really favorable schedule. And the I bet you one of those two opponents is the Bucks because Learn Fournette had every single fantasy point in that game. Yes, that might be the case. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, the the Raiders rank first in the NFL in explosive rate percentage. It just gives you a good opportunity to be part of an offense that's clicking at least somewhat. Uh, and he's a player who a lot of people are probably undervaluing because of the name alone. And he's somebody who could help you win a lot of your matchups. He he would do for you basically what Cole Beasley did for people who picked him up down the stretch last year. Not to say that like the Raiders or the Bills as, as far as efficiency, production, any of that. But Renfro is he's just been kind of a target magnet, um, especially without Waller. But like you said, even before Waller, even if you just look at 
if you look at the season on a whole, or if you especially like, I, I don't have the splits in front of me, but I bet you if you looked post Henry Ruggs, his his production is probably pretty darn good. Yeah, if you go post buy, which is what the Ruggs instead happened, he has nine targets and then nine targets again. What what, what week is that? Eight. And then he has four targets, then nine targets, then 10 targets. He has back-to-back 100-yard games. And then in the two games after the bye directly, he had a touchdown in each. He's only had five games under nine targets, which is incredible. So weeks 8 through 13, he's the wide receiver 15. And he's the wide receiver 20 on the season. So, yeah, he's he's been legit productive, which, I mean, don't think I would have seen that one coming. It just shows how the season's going. <laughs> so this guy, this guy, I'm wondering if he's on your list. He kind of exemplifies to me exactly how this season is going. That's Josh Reynolds. Was Josh Reynolds the guy that you wanted to talk about? He was, and I have him on here as a honorable mention. Detroit's schedule scared me off of starting anybody on that team. It's not great. It's not a schedule play, but the <laughs> volume play. It is a volume play. Here's the thing with Reynolds. He's He's been there for three weeks. He's played at least 83% of the snaps in all three games. He had no points his first week, which, you know, that's not, like, too shocking. He got there, like, on a Wednesday and was playing on Sunday, even though he's already played with Goff before in L.A. Like, it, it was a whole new system, all that. But the last two weeks, he's been 14.5 and 8.9. 12 targets, 7 catches, 139 yards, 1 touchdown. He's the wide receiver 17 in the last two weeks, which, again, very small sample. But I think the reason why he kind of exemplifies this season for me is I am still pretty befuddled as to what happened in Tennessee with him. Like, like I understand at the beginning. Like, they got Julio. He's behind Julio and A.J. Brown, the pecking order. Sure. I don't get why he couldn't be the third guy there. And I especially don't get why he couldn't be the second guy there when Julio got hurt way back in like week, whatever, five. It's been a while at this point. I think he's a pretty solid player. He was like pretty solid in LA. He's been pretty solid the last two weeks. So I just don't really get what happened there. He only played more than half the snaps one time in Tennessee, had six catches for 59 yards. Like, the one time he got a chance, he produced pretty well. So don't get that. I'm with you, though. The schedule's not great, but I think he's a pretty solid player. I think he's going to get volume because I like, I don't think the, the St. Brown stuff from last week is like that was his first high target game in like a month and a half. I think Reynolds is the one that you want, and especially with Swift out, however long that is, whether it's a week, two more weeks, whatever, even when he's back, who knows if he's going to get the full – full workload necessarily, they might lean on him even a, a little bit more. And I, again, it's not like a great ceiling play, but if he can steal you 12 points in, in a couple of weeks, that's a, that's a great value. I mean, they put the Cardinals one week, so there's a good chance they're down 42 to zero in the fourth <laughs> quarter and that he catches a bob. I mean, I, I'd, I'd treat him very similar to how I treat Brandon Cooks. I'd probably call him a discount Cooks where you're really betting on garbage time hero. Yeah, uh, out of him. But I would say Jared. I would say Jared Goff is better than anything that's throwing Brandon Cooks the ball. 
That's very fair. I would just say Houston's a garbage time more likely than Detroit right now. Houston might be one of the worst bad or the best bad teams I've seen. The way they lose has just been heartbreaking this year. Well, and Detroit actually is like low key, not like a like an okay bad team because they've been they compete every week. Like they actually haven't been in a ton of garbage time the last last month or so. Yeah, it feels bad to be them. Um, speaking of garbage time, I have a player who will not be playing a lot of garbage time, but could win you some matchups. Uh, we had the unfortunate news that my favorite Logan Thomas is going to be on the IR in the season. Yeah. And he was going to be on this list because I thought he might make a return. He will not. Yeah, another member of Evans fearsome dynasty team sent to the IR. Yeah. Don't, don't like any of my players, please. Cause they'll get hurt. Um, <laughs> But his backup, Ricky Seals-Jones, has an amazing stretch because they only play division opponents, and those opponents include Dallas and Philadelphia twice apiece. Uh, Philadelphia is like the free space for tight ends this year. That is exactly correct. (laughs) Uh, And that is why you really want to have Ricky Seals-Jones. And there's a good chance if you didn't grab him on waivers, he might still be available. Well, because he's injured, it's it's not like a done deal he plays this week. Exactly. And you probably don't need him this week, but – you get Philadelphia, Dallas, Philadelphia in the fantasy playoffs. Um, Philadelphia has given up the most yards and touchdowns, tight ends. Like Evan said, they are literally a free space if you have a tight end. And then Dallas is ninth in the league in points allowed to opposing tight ends. So you have a really good series of matchups. And there's just not a lot of playmakers on that team. And Ricky Seals-Jones has shown that he has some ability to make plays. And there, again, like I said, I want teams pushing for the playoffs that are playing hard. And this is another team that's going to be doing that. You know, I didn't even put a streaming tight end on my list because I I knew I was like I know Dalton's going to take care of the Logan Thomas angle, and that would be who who I was going to put. So I I second everything you said. Uh, I also do kind of wonder: do we maybe fi- not that you can like trust this for fantasy, it, but do we finally see a little Curtis Samuel like emergence here down the stretch? I I would like to believe so because I think he has the same skill set that can fill some of the gaps that we're missing with McKissick until he's back as far as somebody well, we saw him with, play out of the back. And even with like the tight end, like he could just be a guy in the short, short yardage, like, you know, in the slot, like take some of those security blanket throws that, that Logan Thomas may have otherwise got. Yeah, and he's probably a guy that's on waivers. I'd feel like in a regular redraft. Yeah, I just like there's no shot. If you pick him up, he's a stash. You can't start like if you pick him up, like I don't know what you're really doing. Like, are you starting him after one week of good play? Probably not. Are you starting him after two weeks of good play? Well, maybe, but if you are, it's your semifinal. So at that point, it's just like not that starting Josh Reynolds or anything feels great, but it's like at least if you're starting him in your first round, if he plays ball again this week, you would have or or even Trevwell you have hopefully seen a third. So now you have a sample size of like three pretty good games or two pretty good games and and one mediocre one. So I don't yeah, think anything... at his game log. I'm good. Yeah. He's, there, he's played nothing... 24% and 10% of the team snaps. Yeah. There's like nothing actionable with it, but I, I am just curious if we see maybe like more for D, D, DFS, quite frankly, if we see any Curtis Samuel um, kind of renaissance down the stretch here. It's a popular team to target. Like we know, Washington has the worst pass defense, so they have to pass out of situations. Um, so definitely something to watch for. I agree with that. But, yeah, maybe Dami Brown makes a comeback. I don't know what they're doing with my large adult son, Dami Brown, but I don't like it. Who else do you have? 
So I went to the handcuff running backs after this. The first place I wanted to start is with the guy that I'm, again, as you can see, I went a little bit deeper cut with this. Um, it's Brandon Bolden. Like, he has a bye week this week, so he's proud. Like, he, he may have been on, on your waivers anyway, but if he was going to get picked up, that probably isn't happening this week. You can probably go get him. Um, we don't know what's happening with Damian Harris yet and his hamstring, so you have that kind of out there. He does have the bye. He'll probably be fine. Just something to monitor, though, if it's serious, like Bolden could all of a sudden be a lot more involved than he already is. But even if Harris is back, like, Bolden has been – passable like and when i say passable i mean like between six and like nine points the last four weeks which that is not great at all but desperate times if you're in those kind of desperate times at running back which again i know a lot of people were making it like all you have to do is search like start sits on twitter last week and <laughs> and there were people faced with some very unfortunate choices so even when but Mac Jones only throws the ball three times. He still managed six points because he broke off. I think one of his like couple of runs actually was a, a pretty decent game. And he had one of the three receptions. So he, he's had six, seven and a half, eight and a half, nine point one, and two point six. Those are his last five games, not in in order necessarily. But he's been at least the guy you can count on for the most part to give you something. If you just want something with an upside of a little bit more, like he's not a bad guy to have. Yeah, and he's actually one of the names I wrote down in part because of the Damian Harris injury. And secondly, um, I think the Patriots are more likely to sit any of their backs because they've basically wrapped up a playoff spot, not the first round by those to be playing for. But they might want Harris for the playoffs since it's very obvious that Mac Jones is not the one leading that team as much as it is their run game. You also never know, like, if one of those other two backs were the, to fumble or mess up, like, oh, maybe Bolton all of a sudden has 12 touches in, in, week, in week 15. Like, you just don't really – you can't count on it, but it's just, like, in the range of outcomes. If you if you are forced in the starting, I'm like, you could actually be rewarded quite handsomely. Or you could have three touches, but that hasn't been the case lately. Yeah, and the other guy I had down who has a very similar role to Bolden is Amir Abdullah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a scat back role, but we saw towards the end of Chuba Hubbard's uh, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, uh, his Chuba. career that not career, but his game log before CMC came back, he just wasn't the guy in the passing downs. It was Amir Abdullah, and in the last game, Abdullah got more work just in general. With the addition of Cam Newton, the goal line presence of any back not named Christian McCaffrey is probably gone in this offense. Yes, yeah, uh, you I, want I, the passing work. I thought about that backfield, but it's like that team is bad. Cam Newton is sucking the value out of that backfield too. It's like I just don't know. Like it's okay to have him on your roster, but with those guys, like unless one of those two gets, it's it's not like they're waiting on a starter injury or anything. Like they already had that starter injury, and I still don't feel very good about them. Yeah, I mean, I I would probably feel more comfortable with him than Bolden, though. Oh yeah, no, for for as like a as a starter, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, but I mean, it, it's tough pickings out there right now. It, even in his last game against Miami, where CMC ended up going down, he had six targets, and that was with Cam Newton. Only caught two for twenty yards, but I just prefer him to Chuba. And so if you're if if when you say Chuba's name, if it rhymes with hubba bubba gum, you said it wrong. Maybe that'll help you remember. Uh, I'm never gonna remember it. Hubbard, we're just gonna call him Hubbard. Um, I, I, if you're in between the two, I would probably recommend Abdullah 
uh, if they're both on your waivers over Hubbard. See, like, I think I would too, but then that, that's the other thing is it's like, are they, is that really the direction they're going to go? They're going to all of a sudden just this journeyman, it, this journeyman is going to be the guy who is the lead in, or the more valuable guy, at least in that backfield. I, like, I know Chuba wasn't great, but he was like, okay. And he's still like, if you're just looking at that roster, he's the one they should want to learn more about down the stretch here. You would think, but they also did just fire their offensive coordinator for not running the ball more. Um, during a bye week. So I, I just think this team is lost their identity. They've, they're trying to bandage over every situation. And I mean, they gave up on Hubbard pretty quickly on that passing down role. Even they, they mm-hmm. pulled Abdullah in and they gave it to him almost, you know, two weeks into Hubbard trying to figure things out. So I just think there's, there's not a lot of patience on this team, which is a good and a bad thing. But if Hubbard doesn't look like the rusher, there's a good chance they just see what they have out of Abdullah, who still has a first round pedigree on him or second I, round pedigree. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's quite old, but yes. yes. Um, I think the risk here, because you're right. Like the last eat when with McCaffrey healthy, it was like, you know, Abdullah mixed in, and, and Shuba was like two percent of the snaps one week. He played like one or two snaps, and then, you know, hardly any more after that. Sometimes backfields work out where when the main guy goes down the receiving back like this would be the case of like McKissick, for example, like maybe Abdullah's role doesn't really change. And maybe, maybe Chuba does still step into that lead. You at least have like the risk of, of that happening and the role being kind of unknown right now, I think. Yeah. And hopefully you're not starting them this week. And if you're going to make the playoffs, you have a week to at least sure. see for how sure. the, how the backfields kind of play out. For but, sure, I, I think either one of them is a is a perfectly fine stash, though. To be clear, yeah, I, me too. I, I I thought about it and I left them off, like I said, because I was just feeling pretty nervous about them. And also, I figured you would probably put them on, so we're still going to talk about them anyway. Yeah. So my my second one here. How about a little Salvin Ahmed? Uh, season high eight carries this last week. It's not because I think he's going to have like standalone value, anything like that, but. He was like, he is definitely on your waiver wire in your league. Like he was definitely given up on before this point of the season. You can go grab him. Gaskin is being pretty heavily used, like 15 to 20 rushes almost every week. Not trying to like predict injury. But if I'm sitting back and just kind of looking across the league, it's like, well, it's not a bad idea to pick up the backup running back of this teeny, this teeny guy who's getting 15 to 20 touches a game. And we saw last year that Ahmed, if he gets that same role, he can be 80, 90% of Miles Gaskin because he he was that last year. So it, it's not my favorite, but if you're looking deep and you're just kind of looking for a stash, like I think if anything happened to Gaskin, this is, this is like a low-end RB2, um, which isn't too much different than what Gaskin is right now on a week-to-week basis. So I... If you can go pick up Ackman, I, I don't hate it. What do you think about that? God, that's just <laughs> this is this isn't the list for the faint of heart. I mean, it you already hate like if you have Miles Gaskin, you, oh, you already hate, hate starting. Hate your, you hate your life every week. You have to yeah. start him because you see fifteen for forty five, fifteen for forty four, eighteen for forty nine, and you just pray to the fantasy gods that there is a one or a two in the touchdown column. Exactly, um, but. <laughs> I mean, you're right. There's 
there is value to be gained in touches, no matter how inefficient those touches are. In addition, it looks like this team is just going to be stuck with the playmakers they have because I don't know what is wrong with Will Fuller, but Will Fuller is probably not playing football this year. Um, no, I don't think and, so. Talk, talk about a major waste. Of, that, that was a one-year deal. Major yeah, waste of money. Absolutely. Um, be really interested to see what he does on the market this offseason. But it's funny. Um, I, I think I was listening to the, the footballers maybe talk about this, and one of them made the comment, you know, do you think he'll do They're talking about Will Fuller for Dynasty. And they're like, well, do you think he'll just like follow Deshaun? He'll go to wherever Deshaun goes. And they're like, well, he might be re-signing in Miami. <laughs> he might actually be staying there for more than one year. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, his situation just extremely woeful. But needless to say, this team needs playmakers. And more importantly, they don't have enough to not put the ball in the hands of players who aren't necessarily NFL starting talent. Um, so if Gaskin gets hurt, then suddenly Salvin Ahmed is the guy or maybe the use leading rusher, Duke Johnson. Who knows? Um, <laughs> well, and he did get eight carries. So, like, if you're just thinking about a stash, like, again, not that you'd want to start him. It, you wouldn't love it even if Gaskin's hurt. If Gaskin's healthy, you don't want to start him. But maybe you just pick him up and see what happens this week. Does he Does he go back to, like, three carries? Or is he all of a sudden, like, ten carries? Because, like, they've clearly – like we've talked about this with them bringing in Duke Johnson with they've clearly been trying to find solutions at running back. And so maybe they'll start giving him a little, I, I don't know. I'm not saying they will, but it's just, you at least have an outside chance of him starting to pick up more work here. Cause he randomly had eight carries last week and it wasn't like it was a blowout, Like they were winning, but it wasn't like it was a, a 20 point game. Yeah, I agree. So Definitely someone to look for a stash. The last guy I put on here, CBS, only had him at 63%. Sleeper has him up to 80, so I don't know how big of a availability he is. Um, but just a, worth a mention is Gianta Foreman, who's coming off a bye and looks like he's going to be leaning. Uh, from what I've said, it looks like he's the first and second down workhorse, and then they think Hilliard's going to mix in. I was going to ask, so which of those two would you pick, Hilliard or, or Foreman? I think I'm going Hilliard if I have to pick between the two. See, I, Ian Harditz had a pretty long piece on this on his podcast for PFF, and he's under the expectation that Hilliard is replacing Nichols and that McNichols is going to take over that role again and Hilliard's going to be relegated to, to the third back again. And he thinks Foreman keeps the role. So I'm just going with his take. I haven't looked deep enough in the situation, and I've always liked Deontay Foreman, so I'm going yes, with that's him. No secret. I will say, like, if someone tries to tell you, oh, like it's like what, like what are you talking about? Like it's definitely Hillary. Like look, look at look at the game he just had. It's like, well, if you actually watched it, like his his big plays were. He had two plays where it was like just monster truck size holes that he ran through. It, it wasn't like he he made something happen. So he had a great stat line, but it was. Uh, not like he was exactly balling out by any means out there. Yeah. Although I think Foreman had a nice run and he got stripped on that same run too. So it's <laughs> neither guy, neither guy has been too inspiring, shockingly. But yeah, and in that game, Hilliard had 12 carries and Foreman had 19, but Hilliard played 51% of the snaps and Foreman played 49. So there's it's really, really tough to to divvy out. This week they played Jacksonville. I'm okay with you probably starting either at a flex. But more than likely, I would prefer you wait and see how this plays out, especially with Big Nichols coming back, who's clearly not a guy they think of a workhorse, but he factors into their decision making. Mm -hmm. So 
these last couple names, this is just kind of, th- th- we're back in the more shallow, uh, more shallow end of the pool in, in my list. These are just kind of, let, let's just go check the waiver wire. Let's go make sure some guys didn't get dropped that, that I missed. Let's go make sure Daryl Williams isn't out there on your waiver wire. Let's let's go make sure Khalil Herbert isn't out there on your waiver wire. Especially David Montgomery got a DNP today, and it was like DNP parentheses various issues. So, so there's still there's still some stuff going on with David Montgomery. Uh, Ronald Jones, another one. Like I know Fournette's been absolutely balling, and it's definitely his job. But like. There is a very high chance that whoever drafted Rojo is like, all right, get get the heck off my team. Like, I don't even want you taking up a roster spot. And we've obviously – he was like a top 15 running back. It was anything but smooth last year. But it was a top 15 back last year when he was the lead guy. So he could at least be a guy that you could trot out there if you needed to if Fournette got hurt. And then Devontae Booker is the last one on, on this list for me just because just when you think Saquon is healthy, he just – gets hurt again this year. So you've got got Booker who filled in admirably in Saquon's place. And I guess the last one, and this is truly if you have a roster spot just to mess around with and if someone in your league was maybe a little a little premature, a little jump the gun, like there might be a league where Derrick Henry is just sitting out there. Like just maybe just in case he's not out for the year, maybe just be obnoxious and put him on the end of your bench. Yeah. Um <laughs> Good luck with that one. Um, the other players I would kind, mention, kind of like Johnny holding Todd Gurley at the beginning of our dynasty. It's like just, just, in, just in case, just in case. The other players I would mention is any Seattle back not named Freeman right now. So Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray in order would be Latavius you mean, you mean then Baltimore? Tyson. Ba- Baltimore, Baltimore. Yeah, sorry, I would go Tyson then. Lat- sorry, Latavius then Tyson. I was gonna say, wow, well, like I know Latavius didn't get that much work last week, but we're no, good. Tyson has been a healthy here. scratch, but yeah, just with the way this Baltimore team has been with injuries and well, the and age, be clear the way Devonta Freeman has also been with injuries yes. throughout his career too. There's a good chance it's very valuable to have any of those backs just because of the offense. So if Freeman gets hurt, you have Murray. And if Murray gets hurt, then you have Williams. And I don't know if there's anybody on the roster behind that at this point, but just in case there is, grab their fourth. Those are some handcuffs I like because, I mean, those teams just they, – they use running backs no matter who they are. We've seen that. Um, maybe even Le'Veon Bell. If, if, if Murray gets hurt, go pick up Bell because maybe he comes back. I mean <laughs> – So what do you uh... – what do you think? You, you you said Seattle on accident, but now I'm thinking of their backfield. No, you think you think Rashad Penny's still out there in some leagues? Like I think he, he is. If he is, I, I might I might go snag Penny because as long as Alex Collins is out, I think Penny is the guy you want, not Adrian Peterson in that backfield. Mister Eleven carries for 19 yards and a touchdown. Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I uh, I want if I'm gunning for the playoffs. I just want to be as far away from Seattle as I can, even if they have these <laughs> ideal matchups. I have Tyler Lockett in our fantasy league, and if I make the playoffs, I wish I wouldn't have to start him every week, but I'm going to have to. I'm just saying, Rashad Penny, talk about first-round pedigree. Oh, oh, Pete Carroll go down with the ship. Let, let Penny get some burn down the stretch. I mean, that is a player who you should you should hold, I guess. You're, you're right. It all makes sense, but I don't want to do it. Do you have any quarterbacks? I didn't bring any quarterbacks uh, to this discussion, but I'm going to look just at. Yeah, I have two. Uh, The first one, this is a tough one to trust. It's not a fun one, but it's Trevor Lawrence. 
He gets Tennessee. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that earlier. This or week. you mentioned the, the defense, yeah. Yeah. Not a good game this week in Tennessee. But then he gets Houston. Man, we are in on the Jaguars. Jags defense, Treadwell, and Trevor Lawrence. Lock him in your lineup rest of the season. I mean, he plays Houston and the Jets for the first and second games of fantasy playoffs. And he scored over 20 points week one against Houston. Was it an ugly 20 points? Absolutely. I was going to say, sir, he threw multiple picks. Yeah. That was garbage time hero in that Taysom week. last week was a top 12 quarterback and threw four picks. It's yeah, that was, that was extremely annoying. Um, so he's one. The one I like better is Jimmy Garoppolo. He has a very fantasy-friendly schedule the whole way through. This week, he has Cincinnati. Then he has Atlanta. Then he has Tennessee. Then he finishes with Houston. The best part about this is right now the 49ers don't have a running back on their team. They have Jermichael Hasty and Jeffrey Wilson, I believe, are their only two healthy backs. It's, no, I think Wilson's hurt right now. It's literally Brian Hill and, and Jermichael Hasty. There we go. Two backs are healthy. Uh, and as much as Shanahan wants to run the ball, sometimes you have to play to the personnel you Doesn't have. Doesn't it make you a little more nervous for, for Garoppolo, though? Like, he kind of needs that running game. I mean, volume is not want with Garoppolo. It does and it doesn't. I mean, Cincinnati and Atlanta, those aren't like scary defenses for me to see him throw against. Uh, So I am a believer that these matchups could really help you. Tennessee, again, their defense has become more suspect every week. And then they finish with Houston, which, I mean, it's Houston. Um, It's a relegated team in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. They have a really good... Uh, just fantasy playoff schedule. And if you're somebody who has like, I mean, who are some quarterbacks that are performing? Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'm probably not benching Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson for da- da- Dak Prescott ha- Dak has not been playing well lately. Uh, talk about uh, a slump that people aren't really talking about fantasy wise. Lamar Jackson ha- has not played well as of late. I mean, obviously like Matthew Stafford, I know they've just played the Jaguars and it was okay, but before that it hadn't been great. Um, uh, who else? I'm looking at the list here. Well, like Kirk Cousins is probably a guy you started. He's QB eight. That he gets Pitt, Chicago, Rams, and Green Bay. I mean, how about, you don't how about really... this one? Let me throw this one at you. How about a little? You mentioned his tight end. How about a little Taylor Heineke in the playoffs? He's got all the matchups you liked for the tight end, Ricky Seals Jones. You're right, and I'm not. I. That's just a tough one. <laughs> that one you're asking for a lot. I mean, he scored 11 points against Seattle. Like, just he did. He 11 did points against Denver, nine against Kansas City, nine against New Orleans. But then he gets 27 against Atlanta. I mean, that one, you're, you're really. I mean, he, here's the reality. Just like looking at the quarterback list, it's like, okay, let's go through it. I trust Tom Brady, I trust Justin Herbert. Josh Allen, I don't trust necessarily on a week-to-week basis, but he's going to give you one big week, one bad week. That's pretty much been his MO this season. He hasn't had consecutive top five finishes yet this year. Uh, Matthew Stafford, like, you kind of got to trust him. Patrick Mahomes, like, you kind of got to trust him, even though it doesn't feel great. Lamar Jackson, same thing. Kirk Cousins, I, I, I guess you trust him. Aaron Rodgers, you trust. Dak? Jalen Hurts. I, I guess you trust. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, but then like, and Kyler Murray. So what are we at? Like, I'm at like eleven. Well, after that, like Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Taylor Heineke, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson. Like, if you're if you're the team with the with the twelfth best quarterback situation in your league, you have some decisions to make, probably. 
you have some very difficult decisions to make. <laughs> uh, well, and quarterback's been so difficult this year. I, I don't think I trust Kirk Cousins going into the playoffs. He's someone I'd probably look to get away from. Well, and if we're talking this week specifically, we get we get primetime Kirk this week. So that's always something yeah, to be don't afraid of. You know better. <laughs> we know Kirk Cousins is not good on primetime television. Well, he doesn't have Adam Thielen, and I don't know if he's going to have Dalvin Cook either. So It's going to be ugly. Any other quarterbacks you can think of? You know what? How about Mac Jones? I know he just threw three passes, but I don't think it's going to happen again uh, going out on a limb there. Uh, you know, I agree with you, but no, I'm not starting Mac Jones. <laughs> other than that, I mean, maybe you maybe you put your trust back in Tannehill a little bit with Julio back and ho- hopefully A.J. Brown is back midway through the playoffs. He's eligible to come back week 15. Is that right? Uh, next week. He's or eligible next to come week. back next week after their bye. So if he's – so if he has I, – I think I think I would trust Tannehill as, as like QB like 12 to 15-ish if if those guys are both back probably. Yeah. Um, my concern with Tannehill is – Yes, there's no Derrick Henry, which is how the whole offense runs. Yeah, that, that, that's my concern. So unless Jonte Foreman becomes Derrick Henry, I'm very concerned. <laughs> I don't think so, but I think I think I'm out of names for quarterback. Anybody else uh, you want to mention before we get out of here? I mean, go pick up Trey Lance and the off chance the 49ers are out of contention for the playoffs in week 16 or 17 and you can, and they want to see what he has. Well, they do play the Texans that that is why I, th- I think he was Mike Wright's fancy MVP purely because they played the Texans. <laughs> so I would go pick him up. Um, if you're, if you're really just looking for a big stash spot, I think he's interesting. If, if this team falls out of contention, then there's there's somewhere you might be able to get some really good points. Cause he will run the ball a lot. Or yeah. maybe he'll play running back this week. That's also I'm, possible. I, I'm not. I'm not convinced that they're they're going to pull Garoppolo under any circumstance. But it, it would be smart if they were not in contention. It would definitely be smart. But okay, I think that is going to do it for us today. Once we get into talking about backup quarterbacks, I think we've hit our quota for for guys you pick up. Go pick up the running backs. Go drop the borderline receivers unless you're desperate for a stream. Take a look at those defenses, and best of luck to everybody this week and heading into the playoffs. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel that is also at Half Point Per Pod on YouTube. Link to all of those things is in the show notes, like always. And we'll talk to you guys, hopefully some playoff-bound listeners, next week. But until then, 